Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What's up, Fungal Associates? Welcome to Completely Arbitrary, the podcast about trees and other related topics. I am one of your hosts, and I am joined, as always, by Jonathan Casey Clapp. That is not my name. <laughs> your legal name is John. That's John, right. yes. My legal name is Alex. I, was, I am not yeah, an Alexander. Exactly. I think we've actually covered this one time before. Wait, are you saying that we're mm-hmm. having the same discussion we've had before on this podcast with 95 episodes? <laughs> I don't believe it. We're in a different time. The Cone Zone. Alex, uh, you didn't introduce yourself just then. That uh, I, I think we all know why. Everyone, we're just gonna we're just gonna say it. Alex recently cut off both of his arms. I cut off both of my arms. That's why we last week had to put out a different episode. He's recovering, fully recovered now. I have my arms back. Doctors are still trying to figure out why I did it. No one knows. No one knows. I certainly don't know. You were fatigued, is what we think. <laughs> yeah, you, you were a little tired, and yeah. you just went for it. Oh, boy. It begins. There it is. No, unfortunately, that's not actually the case. What happened, truthfully, is that uh, I got sick a few weeks ago. Uh And then the day... uh, So I was like, okay... I, we came in, we recorded, and then later that evening, you were like, Casey, I feel horrible. Yeah. And I was like, it's impossible that you got something from me because we skipped a, like a week. Then I came in and no COVID. I haven't had COVID this mm-hmm. whole time. And then you were like that day. So like if, I, if I'm if i sick right now, I get you sick. There's a lag time, you know? Right. It so needs to like, gestate. Exactly. So I was like, so this couldn't have come from me. Mm-hmm. And then that has been like a two and a half week onslaught of what turns out to be mm. strep throat. Yes. Is that what it was? Well, I also, I mean, I also had, I don't, I guess I maybe didn't have COVID or did have COVID. No, you got your test, right? You said, I tested said a couple no, yeah. different times. Yeah. But it's, it's, uh, I had like, f- like a classic flu yeah fevers yeah. chills i've never had cold sweats before i had cold sweats for oh the first man time. that's awful it was just terrible Casey. yeah it was three it was like four three or four days of absolute hell and then at the end of that my throat started hurting ah yes i see and i got strep throat <laughs> yeah there you go so this is why this is why we we everyone's like what's going on over in the arborverse this yeah this is it we're this, almost un, it's back. It's very unfortunate, but we're, we're I'm on the mend. You're basically mended. Yes, I'm feeling good. Still kind of clearing myself out. <coughs> but oh, the good news do. is, uh, we're gonna we're back on it. We yeah. got a big thing coming up this weekend. Alex. Yes, Casey. Hold on, I have a I have something to ask you. Casey is reaching over to a pile of index cards. He's he removed the rubber band that is holding them together. He is sorting through them. I believe he's looking for one index card in particular. And has he found it? Alex, which tree that has been covered <laughs> on the podcast uh-huh. represents death and is often planted in cemeteries? Hmm. What is 
the U. That's correct, Alex, for two points. Thank you, Casey. Now. Another? No, we're not going to do another. <laughs> I, I was going to do it, but then it's it's kind of a theme one, and then it'll give it away. Alex, uh, what did, what we just did uh-huh. was a pantomime <laughs> of what we're going to be doing this weekend. Oh. Our first, you know, of some frequency trivia night. Yeah, let's just say our first and only to set expectations. <laughs> just to set it down. Our yes, first Casey. and only. We will never do this again. Um, yeah, we're doing we're doing a trivia night. It's a night. It's just like a trivia night, mm-hmm. except it's way more dumb. And it has a lot of questions about <laughs> trees and completely arbitrary. Yes. And all things related to trees, or as we like to say around here, other related topics. Everything in the world. <clears throat> and and uh, if you if you don't have a ticket, we're really sorry, but I believe we're sold out at, at the current moment. Yes, we are. Uh, I'm very excited, Casey. Yeah. I've never I done anything too. like this. And neither have I. Yeah. I've spent a long time putting together these questions. Yeah. You spent a long time designing everything kind of in the background. We got fun cards. We got stickers. We got all sorts of cool things. Yeah. And we spent this entire morning going through and selecting which individual questions are going to be in it, which individual round. Yeah. And... We, we took some out, we, we moved some around, and now we got it set. It was really fun. Yeah, I had a good time. The, night, uh, the night's going to be a blast. We hope to see you there, if you're going to be there. If not, keep your eyes out, and, and if this all goes off without a hitch... I, I can conceivably imagine us doing this again. Oh, for sure. So, um, very much something that uh, we're excited about. I think it's one of those things that like seems like a ton of insurmountable work. Uh-huh. And then you get to the end of it, and you're like, oh, we did it. Okay, I yeah. guess I guess we know how to do that now. Exactly. So, next time, it'll be much easier for us. Yeah. Casey. We're back again, Alex. This is the first episode of... Treasons Eatings. Yes, it is. If you're asking yourself, the answer is yes. That is a double pun. We should also note it's spelled T-R-E-E. Yes, yes, yes. S-O, you know, in. We have, we're not committing treason by releasing these episodes. <laughs> we're not doing that. We're not under any sort of government contract. Yes, we're also not subverting any government also. Also correct. So, yes, for the next four weeks, we are going to be talking about not just trees that give us delicious food, correct? But trees that give us delicious food around the holiday season. Exactly. So it's topical and topical. It's doubly thematic. It's a double pun for our second year of completely arbitrary. Exactly. The Alex, it runs so deep here. You know, you know the yeah. layers keep going. It's like an onion. That's right. Or like an ogre. Yeah. It's exactly. It's, thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, Casey, as we do. Every week, whoops, (laughs) we're here to talk about a tree. That tree is our first treasons treasons eatings. I'm going to do that a million times. Yeah. Tree is the cinnamon tree. That's right. How exciting. This is actually a tree that I, A, thought we had covered before Mm -hmm. because I think we've covered a cinnamon tree. We have, correct. And B... I thought that it was not, maybe not a tree. I thought it was some sort of shrubbery. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But it is indeed a tree. It does. It meets that that requirement. And let's imagine that you and I Mm -hmm. are walking, how about through the subcontinent of India? Oh, okay. Does that work? Uh, yeah, that works. Okay, that works. And we come. I we we I, I just I put my hand in front of your chest like a mother protecting her child in the front seat uh-huh. when she has to come uh-huh. to an abrupt stop. And I feel safe. And I say, Casey. 
Do you smell what I smell? <laughs> so it's very strong. It's making me cough. It is. Yeah. It's like it's like you open up a uh, a hot pepper spice and you yes. just give it a sniff to see what it's going to taste like, and you end up just like inhaling it yeah, all. Yeah. And we come across some cinnamon trees, Casey. Yes, we do, Alex. Let's ID this tree. Okay. So here is here's the first thing that I want to note. We are talking specifically today about the Salon Cinnamon Tree. S-A-L-O-N? No, C-E-Y-L-O-N. I was very wrong. You were quite wrong. Wow, Salon. Okay. I think it's actually also fair for you to say, oh, Casey, you're also wrong. Casey, I don't get to do this often. You don't. Let me relish it. Okay, take your time. You're fucking wrong. Wow, that was that that hit hard. That was good. That was good. There's a lot of chip on that shoulder. Could you tell? <laughs> You've been really trying to get that out for a long time. Got to give you more opportunities like that. No, I'll do more politely, Casey. You might be also wrong. And I'm like, oh, hmm, hmm, interesting. Well, fuck you, Alex. <laughs> anyway, the name of our tree, uh, as I just said, is Salon Cinnamon Tree. Mm-hmm. However, Salon is the the colonial name for the country that we now know as Sri Lanka. Okay. So, Sri Lanka is their own name. They said, hey, we're throwing off the yoke of colonialism. However, the old colonial name kind of still sticks around when we talk about this tree from that place because when they named it, it was a different named place. So we couldn't call it the Sri Lankan uh, cinnamon. Yeah, we probably should, honestly. Um, But this is, uh, we had to somehow separate it out. So maybe we can just go with the scientific name, which is Cinnamomum virum. Okay. But but that also is problematic, hmm. uh, to which we will return Ooh. in the future. Casey, I did mention that we t- we have talked about a simamamum tree before. Yeah, was that nutmeg? It, no, not nutmeg. That is Maristica fragrance. This tree that you are thinking uh-huh. of is the camphor tree. Camphor. Yes, that's you, one of those ones that I just immediately forgot we had covered. <laughs> Alex, uh, we never covered it. What? I guess I didn't forget. You didn't. It was it was a contender in our oh, uh, tournament of champion trees. Casey. Yes. So God, we'll, I thought I was going cuckoo bananas. Yeah, you are. You are not. You just didn't realize how you weren't. Yes. Which okay. is kind of makes you crazy, doesn't All it? All right. So this is this is cinnamon <laughs> virum. Let's not let's not go go too deep into that. <laughs> cinnamon virum. Yeah. That's okay. right. So the uh, the name Cinnamomum kind of is interesting because it comes from a lot of old uh, old languages. It's talked about in the Bible several times. It's mm. talked about. It has a, an old Greek term to it, and the and virum means true, as in truth, veritas. Like, exactly. Okay, yeah. So. When you think about it that way, verification, verification. Oh my God, I didn't even that never even came to my there brain. You go. That's excellent. So in this case, um, what we're talking about is the true cinnamon. Oh, so that that is what the virum means. Oh wow! So it's built into the name. It's built into the name. One true king, Alex. We got a lot of layers to go down to this. Okay, this is another org of a ogre. Excuse me. Of a of an episode. I would love if Shrek were in Lord of the Rings. Oh man, that would be so good. He's the one carrying Merry and Pippin. When yeah, they're... exactly. <laughs> 
someone needs to put that in. But he's kind of upset about it this whole time. Like they were walking through his swamp, you yeah, know, trying yeah. to get to Forest of Fang or the Fangorn Forest. Oh, he lives in the Swamp of Sorrows. Exactly. So stay out. Can you do a fake Scottish accent on a fake uh, Scottish accented thing? Uh, not live on the podcast. Dang it. Because then, <clears throat> that, uh, who was it? Um, Mike Myers. Mike Myers did it. Mike Myers is Canadian. Right. Yet he always does things with like English or Scottish accents. It's true. So it always makes me giggle. Fat Bastard's voice. Bastard. Fat Bastard's voice. Yeah. Is Shrek's voice. Exactly. Essentially. It's pretty much the same thing. It's really weird. Yeah. I wonder if anybody does, has done like a, a <laughs> lip sync thing there. Oh man, I hope Probably. so. Probably. Um, so first let's just talk about what this tree looks like. Okay. We'll just jump straight into that. Like we normally do. I'm not going to throw you off too far. Okay. So we have a beautiful evergreen tree in the Lauraceae family, mm. which is the Laurel family. Um, Cinnamomum has over 250 species in it. Isn't that wow. out of this world? That's great. Yeah. So there's, it's a tropical tree. It grows, uh, lots of different species all over the tropical spaces of our world mostly over in the southeast asian kind of area okay that's where you find a lot of them kind of in that uh the tropical zone through india obviously sri lanka all the way down into kind of oceana in the the tropics in that space okay now uh the tree grows to about 50 feet tall, so it's a good-sized tree, but the thing is, it is, it's kind of a true understory tree. Mm. It doesn't like to be out in the full sun right at the get-go. It wants to kind of chill, kind of take its time, and then when it gets up to the sun, it'll be like, okay, now, now I'm ready for some full sun, and it yeah. just kind of goes pop and poofs out. I respect that. Yeah, it's it's a patient tree. It's yeah. not it's not in a hurry. It it can kind of chill, stays bushy even kind of when it's low underneath the rest of a canopy kind of thing. A good a good tree to just kind of have growing. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. This reminds me a bit of Japanese maple. Isn't that some yeah, the same exactly. sort of thing? Now I think it grows a little bit faster <clears throat> than a Japanese maple though. Okay. Yeah, because Japanese maple are slow growing, but they also are in the temperate regions of our world. Yeah. So they have that cyclicness to their growth, whereas um, cinnamon also has a bit of a cyclicness to it because a lot of times it grows where there's um, monsoonal rains and dry seasons. So it has that, but in the great seasons, it's just like poof and it just grows fast. Okay. So it's again an evergreen. It has opposite simple leaves. Um, and the fun thing about it is it has three veins on these leaves. They're, they're kind of a normal green, I would say, maybe a little bit on the darker side of mm -hmm. a, a leaf that you'd normally see kind of a little bit leathery, but they have three veins, one in the middle and two that kind of go on the outside that are acuminate and they're bright yellow. Whoa. So if you look up a, uh, a species, then you'll see like these like pow, they look like these beautiful, like kind of contrasting lime, light lime green veins that are going up and out and then curving back to the tip of the leaf on this kind of uh, background of dark green. It's really, really gorgeous. That's beautiful. I also like, they don't, they're evergreen, right? They like, are, yeah. Okay, I see some here that are, that look slightly like fall color. Oh, well, are those so, maybe a different species? Well, at the very beginning, when you, when they first are putting their leaves out, uh, they're very red. Yeah, okay, there you go. they're just young leaves. Yeah, exactly. So, and again, because there's 250 species, if you just look up cinnamon or cinnamomum, sure. you might find a lot of different species doing kind of different things. Maybe some are deciduous, maybe some aren't. I'm not 100% sure. There's so many. You can only look up so many. I do see that the ones I'm looking at here that are slightly red are, is salon. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. So, the uh, they also like come out and they're like, 
almost this beautiful, like kind of a miniature leaf that looks like a fake leaf, like the, the fade of the red to the yellow to the green. Yeah. It looks, it looks like someone's just drawing, you know, like sketching and just doing a little bit of shading on this. I just think it's gorgeous. So is that quickly, is that, um, effect where they're, where they're kind of red and yellow when they first come out uh-huh. is that just like they haven't they haven't like built their chlorophyll yet yeah that's that's usually what what the case is like okay. they're they're just now they have certain pigments that are out there kind of working mm-hmm. um, but they haven't like finished building all their structures and getting everything set in place okay so yeah it's just kind of still happening a lot of times okay mm-hmm. so once you uh once you see these leaves and you're just like shoot those leaves are gorgeous then of course you're gonna want to know. Well, what about the flowers? Are the flowers just as beautiful? Yeah, they are. But you're gonna want to keep your distance, Alex. <gasps> are they poisonous? They're not pooisonous. They just smell unpleasant. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I love this. What type of unpleasant? Because in the plant yeah. world, I find there's often a few similarities. There is right. There's like categories of gross smelling things. Yeah. Right, give us some. One is vomit. <clears throat> yeah. One is like decaying flesh. Uh huh. One is. Uh, poop yeah, okay i, I don't one know is, one is urine which and, which one smells like poop oh casey okay alex he's not sharing i get it That's i fine. gotta take you out to the woods <laughs> i'm looking at the right trees <laughs> the ones that smell like poop are the ones that people use to wipe their butts oh and yeah. then they put back on the <laughs> so tree just leave it there ah yes this is the the fecal tree <laughs> yes it was used still to this day for fecal things uh disgusting alex what well there are things that smell like like urine or ammonia i guess yeah right? yeah sure um is that is that is that I, I think so i'm trying to think of which ones uh really do that i just but, know i've heard of this before well there's a lot of there's a lot of smells that come from plants mm-hmm. um some of them come from the leaves some come from the flowers some comes from the bark you know all these kinds of things sure speaking of our tree today um, but yeah. in this case, you are right. They smell unpleasant, but in the situation that would probably be closest to the rotting flesh kind of dead stuff okay. kind of thing, because they're pollinated mostly by flies, certainly uh, insects, but mostly flies. Okay. Flies, of course, always go for the stinkiest, stankiest stuff. And God bless them. Yeah, exactly. They have their niche and they love it. So they, uh, yeah, so flies, they pollinate these, uh, okay. these flowers. They're really beautiful. They're kind of like, they look a little bit like buttercup flowers to me. They're really huh. small. They're very beautiful. They have like yellow on the inside with like these creamy white, almost like uh, uh, kind of alabaster looking hmm. um, uh, petals. And I think they're just gorgeous, but they're very, very tiny. Too bad they smell like shit. Yeah, exactly. Too bad. Um, well, not to, I mean, to, to yeah, us, not to, yeah, not just to the flies. To, yeah, yeah, flies like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Hey, like we said, everyone has their niche. More for them. Uh, Casey. I'm going to do one of my classic cross and cut the shits. Let's, <laughs> let's cut the shit. Let's talk about the real money behind this tree. The fruit. No. Yeah. Casey. Okay. You're right. But they are these beautiful little blueberries. Well, let's talk about them first. Cause I want to get to the, I want to, I want the, the, the centerpiece to be, ah, uh, they're droops, Alex. They're just these tiny little blue droops. They're um, very gorgeous, but they're very shiny. Okay. Yeah. So you mean, your, but they're very shiny. Uh, Does that make them not gorgeous to you? No, 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 no. I think so. But like often, uh, yeah, I don't know why I chose that, uh, conjecture. It's okay. Con, con, conjunction. Conjunction. Yeah. I don't mean to dissect your language. I think it's important to sometimes dissect my language. All right. Anyway, they're, 
They're nice, but they're shiny. Okay. Why do you say anyway? Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> okay. What's going on in his brain? I noticed you said Alex three times this episode. That's that's mm. me after I take one philosophy course. <laughs> Good. All right, Alex. I'm sorry I derailed you. What was your previous question? Let's talk bark. Yeah. Bark so infamous that we have a that we have a name for it. Yeah. It's like its own thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's like it's it it broke. It's Michael Jackson. It broke out of the Jackson Five and became the biggest superstar in the world. It did. Yeah. Let's talk about what we call cinnamon. All right. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Utility bark. Well, Casey, I swear to God in the tree world, maybe in the tree world, but not even in the way that you're expecting the outside of this bark. It is smooth. It looks kind of like a muscle wood or a carpinus or a, uh, an alder or something like Mm -hmm. that, where it's kind of like a smooth gray with like some lichen on it. Like the outer bark. So utility boring. It's not even worth mentioning. But the inner bark. The inner bark. That is the the jam. Okay. More specifically, it's the cinnamon and butter toast. Wow, yum. I was stunned about this. I So we should just break this out there. For those of you who don't know, cinnamon is the bark of the cinnamon tree. Very cool. So what they'll do is they'll scrape off the outer bark, which is very notably uh, not interesting at all. Not notable. Not notable. It's very thin. It's a very thin layer of just kind of like the outer cuticle. Mm -hmm. And then once they kind of get it down to this kind of yellowish green color, then they take a knife and they pull the knife down Mm. the the length of the stem. And then they kind of skin it almost. They take the knife and they kind of, they go underneath that cut and then kind of peel back the bark from the wood. Because you have the outer bark, which is like the cork layer. Then you have the inner bark that is kind of doing the cork cambium stuff. And it is actually the protective big kind of layer that keeps insects and other things from getting in. It's like Uh, your skin. Yeah. Then underneath that, you have the cambium layer. Then you have the wood. So what they do is they go to that cambium layer and they cut right in the middle, which it's it's definitely put together, but it's very, very... uh, uh, there's two distinct things. So if you start peeling it, just like you peel bark of almost anything, there, there are two distinct things, the bark layer and the wood layer. They just peel that back. Wow. But it's very much like skinning an animal a lot of times. We're like, you can't just like peel it and then just kind of go whoop and pull back. They have right. to like keep taking their knife and like cutting and like kind of pushing it back and back Ooh. and back. And then because if they bend it too far, then they'll actually like break it because it's like a cylinder, right? Yeah. And so they end up getting it, they bend it, bend it, bend it, but they're bending it backwards. It's like opening uh, a, a something bent in a letter C. If you bend it backwards, it'll snap. Right. Rather than just completely unfurling and being like, you know, perfectly flat. So it's it's naturally, it naturally curls. Yeah, exactly. So- so that's a that's how they do it, and then they end up taking it, and uh, some little bits and shards will come off here and there, and then they they stack all of the little shards and bits inside uh, of a big, long, kind of loose tube of bark. Hmm. So they try to keep the biggest piece kind of like a boat really nice and open then they take a bunch of other bits and put it in the middle and then it kind of as it dries curls up on itself and they have this big long rod of uh 
of bark. Wow. And that is the cinnamon. They, they telescope it into each other and they call it a quill. So you have a big, long kind of bundle. Uh-huh. They call those quills. Does it shrink at all? It does, yeah. It shrinks a little bit and okay. you can also like it's so small. break it up. It looks yeah. small. It, it is. It's really, it's really small, but it's amazingly thick. Like it's probably a good eighth of an inch, which is probably like maybe two or three millimeters thick. Yeah. So it, it's not, uh, it's not like completely, um, it's not like completely and absolutely thin and unmanageable. Yeah, it's like, not like brittle. Yeah, if you if you ever got it and like held it in your hand, it's like this nice kind of rough and tough kind of stick yeah. kind of thing. Because it honestly it is. It's just the the bark, so it's not technically wood in the traditional sense. Right. But yeah, that's very interesting. I can't. I guess I'm trying to think of other other inner barks that we use to cook in the way that we oh. use cinnamon. And I really can't. Yeah. I would like have a to cinnamon stick is so yeah. distinct, you know, it really is. Yeah, I, don't, warm up. I don't have a good idea of what, uh, what that would be. What, what was a, a good vocal warm up? I'm sorry. A cinnamon stick is so distinct. Oh, that is a good one. I think I said sticked. A cinnamon stick is so distinct. Yeah. All right, that's good. We gotta, I'm going to do that from now on, Alex. <laughs> the, look of, the look of revelation on yeah, your face. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Well, Casey, uh, we've, got, we've got a lot more cinnamon talk ahead of us. Oh, we sure do, Alex. And I do want to congratulate us in our first half for never saying cinnamon. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a lot of practice, actually. Cinnamon is one of those words that is... I did is, my vocal warm-up. Oh, yes. The cinnamon stick... The, ooh, ooh. the cinnamon stick is... The cinnamon stick Cut is commercial. so distinct. Cut commercial. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. Today we're talking the cinnamon. The cinnamon tree. Alex, did you know that the cinnamon bark oil possesses a delicate aroma of the spice and a sweet pungent taste? Very interesting, Casey. Yes, yes. Did you know uh, that cinnamon, every time I hear it said out loud, it reminds me of the song Cinnamon? No, I don't know. I don't know that song. Should we play a little bit of that song? Yeah, might as well. Anyway, Casey and I just listened to a little bit of Cinnamon by <laughs> Nina Simone. Sorry. <laughs> um, so, Alex. Yes, Casey. Uh, the cinnamon plant or the bark of our tree here that we're discussing Mm -hmm. it has a major constituent which i could not help but name it's called cinnamaldehyde a constituent yes like politically no 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 as in it's uh what makes up the 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 bark or like it's what's inside of it i understand all right just making sure alex isn't that a great name, though? You, you completely missed it. Say it again. Cinnamaldehyde. Cinnamaldehyde. Yeah, like firmaldehyde. Uh. maldehyde. So what does that do? What does that oil do? Um, it is essentially that spicy scented thing oh, that, that is, you smell. Yeah, okay. That is one of the main things that is essentially the antibacterial agent, the anti-insect agent, the anti-thing. So you and I and everyone else, uh, probably most people in the world, use cinnamon for a lot of different things. It has been used historically as kind of a wonder drug for just about anything, hmm. which is really kind of funny because it's it's been like used for thousands of years for a lot of different things, and it's kind of fashionable for this and that, then it's like not been fashionable, then it's been fashionable again, and now it's just like flavor. Isn't that interesting how something like so useful could be fashionable? Yeah. Like imagine if aspirin were like, 
you know, it was really it was really fashionable to yeah. suck on a willow wi- uh, switch. Ah, yeah. In the 1700s, and then it was it wasn't so fashionable to have pain relief. <laughs> yes, yeah. I think I think it's uh, less of a cultural thing um, than well, it was a cultural thing where it started, and that's it was probably closer to willow bark aspirin kind of thing mm. where it was used because it had these antibacterial properties it yeah. has so it was used con- consistently for like treating things you would make a cordial or a stimulant or a tonic uh it would improve flavor but mostly it was a medicine they would use it for a thousand different things and even today we still use it to like flavor and add kind of a um uh, a mint a mint alternative so mm. like it usually here in the united states you would have minty toothpaste or toothpaste that has kind of like that uh that menthol-y kind of flavor sure whereas we also have cinnamon where it's like this kind of spicy hot but it's That's like right. whew, still like cleans your breath but it has that same kind of um antibacterial property big red big red oh my god it's like my family used to chew it. Like one person, I like think my dad used to chew it. Ugh. I was like, never, I can't do it. Or do you like do you like cinnamon in general? Before we move on, so that's the thing. I love cinnamon. I don't love it as like this minty thing in gum or anything like that. Yeah, I love it in food, okay. in a savory sense. Yes, and in a delicious scent of uh, sugary quality. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Sense, not scent. Sometimes I really love the way you say things, I really, Casey. I really appreciate I that. I would say if most you, times. If you didn't, this would be a rough show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'm with you there. I yeah. don't like it in. The, I don't like it in a in any sort of like candy or yeah. gum, right? But it, I love it. In, I love it especially in savory things. That is kind of the funny thing about cinnamon, and I learned this from like an NPR the you know thing uh, where they were just making recipes. Yeah, and they specifically noted. I think it was Kathy Gunst with. Uh, wait, are you okay, Alex? The Gunster. The Gunster. She's back. Uh, she always does the um, uh, here and now resident chef ah, stuff. Okay. And she was like, "Yeah, cinnamon in itself is not sweet." Right. It constantly is added to sweet things, like a cinnamon roll, for example. Mm-hmm. The sugar makes it sweet. The cinnamon makes the flavor. But you also have it in a lot of dishes, especially from Southeast Asia and in India and foods like uh, from that part of the world. Yeah, they have it in there as a savory component right. very often. The same. The same is true for a lot of foods. Like that, we have a we have a preconceived context for ingredients exactly but if you just don't put them in a savory dish and you put them in a sweet dish suddenly they're they work perfectly well avocado is one that comes to mind ah yes i've also had um a green tomato pie there you go yeah so it's fantastic yeah if you put if you put avocado on guacamole it's very savory yeah but if you put it in ice cream completely different delicious and sweet but it still tastes like avocado mild Wild. Huh. I said mild because yeah. <laughs> it's it's mild. You said mild and sweet. Anyway, because it's, it's a mild fact that nobody is. cares about. <laughs> yeah, man, mild. So cinnamon has been used from everything from a flavor uh, for wine, for your breath, for your food, to the preservation of the dead in Egypt. You're kidding. Not at all. Tell me more. It's also been used for the preservation of dead things that we will later eat, potentially also Egyptians. 
dead things that we will oh so as like a pres- as a preservation and like a yeah, salt type exactly so we would use oh my it god so flavorful i know but that's the thing is that it actually the some research has been done recently it never really was good at doing that but they thought hey it's antibacterial so you can put a bunch of uh cinnamon on meat and that will help preserve the meat things won't get into it Turns out things still get into it. The meat still goes rotten. Yeah. And then they were like, well, well it covers up the, the smell and the taste of bad meat. At least you have very spicy, rotten meat. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that a, isn't that a misnomer? Spicy, not a, rotten meat. A, uh, a, uh, uh, what's that? Well, not misnomer, but like, it's something that it's this wives tale that like medieval people and oh, ancient yeah. ate rotten meat, but they yeah. wasn't really a thing. We talked about we this. Did. One. We talked about this. What was that fact? It was, um, there's a there's a conception that in the Middle Ages people heavily 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 spiced their meats, yeah, because they didn't have refrigeration was, or whatever. Yeah, poor people specifically, yeah, and the, yeah. and so they would just eat. But that's absurd to to consider because yeah. human beings do not willingly eat rotten meat. It makes you fucking sick. Yeah, so they just wouldn't eat it. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember that. We'll have to go back in the archives and, and remember exactly where that was from. Yeah, that's somewhere. Dang, I wish we could just have uh, someone just do this for us right now and we go, oh yeah it was that episode great, great, great anyway if you're looking for a job give us a call <laughs> i don't know what what the job description is but yeah. so and we can't pay we're not gonna pay it's gonna be very low pay but it's gonna be a lot of fun and that's what's important <laughs> is is how you feel about your job not what how much money you get that's totally true casey yeah. so the fun thing with uh cinnamon is that it's an aromatic it's also a carminative and a stimulant Carminative. Are you, yeah, are you familiar with what that is? Yes, carminative. We've talked about many times before. Yes. And that means that it is will make you throw up. No. Fuck. That's a... It's uh, good for your teeth. Uh, uh, no. It's good for your tummy. Uh, yes, but a little further down. It's good for your intestines. It is good for your intestines, but mostly to help them not do what? Uh, poop. Uh, no, not that. A little, a little more uh, ephemeral. Toot. Yes. A carminative helps reduce flatulence. That's right. We got there. We got there. So it has like, you know, all these, all these really, really cool things. And so I'm, I'm reading through this. And the first thing that I start seeing is that we, as I'm, as I'm reading through Alex, all my research, (laughs) this is commonly called the true cinnamon, which is the salon cinnamon which used to in fact have an old scientific name the old scientific name was xylanicum so it would be cinnamomum xylanicum okay which is just basically replacing the c with a z in salon so it'd be cinnamomum xylanicum okay so they changed it recently i don't know why i actually never found why they did if there was an old name or they needed to basically say yeah this is kind of a an old colonial racist name we need to take this away yeah that is my guess that they did um so they named it now verum which is true cinnamon which alex i'm here to make the argument is a backhanded way of still keeping the colonial name intact let's get into it casey let's get into it alex so cinnamon comes from either the greek word kinamomum actually i think it's like kinamomon 
kinamomon. Kinamomon. Yes, and that means spice in ancient Greek. I, I believe he sailed with Agamemnon. I think he did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't say that name. And Agamemnon. Agamemnon. Wait, you <laughs> say it. Point. Agamemnon. Agamemnon. Yes, you got it. Yeah, God, it's so, it's so, I can't, I can't keep him straight. It is a fun one. I like that. That's, that's, yeah. <laughs> Throw him back to Troy, baby. So later though, Alex, I, I read that the original name comes from the melee word, Kaiamanis. Kaiamanis. Yeah, maybe Kaiumanis. Okay. So that means sweet wood. Makes sense, okay, right? Okay, sure. Um, the Hebrew equivalent of both of these is Kinamomum, which would be Q-I-N-N-A with an umlaut, M-O with an umlaut, N. So it should be Kinamaman, I believe is what that would be. Okay. Something like that. And if I got that wrong, I'm so sorry. We do our best here. This is, uh, and this is all from that's the, the ancient Hebrew word for it. It's been referenced in the Hebrew Bible lots of times, which mm. is an ancient, ancient you know, thing. We know that it's at least been like around and traded for thousands of years. It strikes me as a very ritualistic kind of uh, yeah, plant. Right. And, and that makes total sense. Like it has this intense spice. It was traded yeah. on the, um, on the old kind of silk roads by these Arab traders who were, you know, super famous. The Arab traders are like what the world, um, kind of rotated on back in the day Yeah, because they were kind of situated perfectly in the middle of like India on one side and the kind of Mesopotamia on the other side where they would have below them Africa, all the access to the Egyptians and Sumerians, all the people going to the east air and going to the west and going to the south. Kind of at the crossroads of, yeah. of their known world. Exactly. Yeah. And that's half the reason that they have been so successful and were such an advanced civilization so far beyond what Europe was doing, for instance. Yeah. Like this is the one thing when the dark ages historically have been what we've called the middle ages now in yeah. Europe. And everyone's like, that's such a European centric way to look at it. There was the dark ages for Europe. Yeah. Because they were like in this weird feudal breakdown of Rome and how are they rebuilding themselves? But over in the Arab countries, they were fucking crushing it. Right. So, so it's like, yeah, let's, let's just say middle ages, good for some, bad for others. I see. Okay. Um, so like when Rome was existed, uh, is like at the height of it, it was importing like pounds and pounds of it all the time. They were getting it from their trade routes over to the East. Mm. And there's even a story that, um, the, uh, the Roman Emperor Nero, who's notable for being a complete psychopath, right? Um, he burned a year's supply of cinnamon in an act of mourning for his wife, uh, who he killed. Oh my so, so Nero! <laughs> he's just fucking idiot. God damn you, man! <laughs> So it's a little fun, ironic story. Uh, that's so Shakespearean. It is, right? Yeah. But like Shakespearean in a dumb way. Like yeah. it's not clever. It's just right. like, dude, what are you, what are you mourning? You did. Okay, fine. Burn uh, it. I don't want to, I don't want you to mourn me and burn my family or something. The irony is very funny. Yeah. It's, it's very thick. <clears throat> So, um, it was also like, uh, way back when the ancient, uh, historian Herodotus thought that it came home or came from the land of Dionysus. He thought, you know, like wherever Dionysus, the God lives, yeah. he provided cinnamon because it's 
so great. Wow. Dionysus has been known to be like the party animal god. That's like he's, right. Like what's cool and good in the world? Dionysus did that. Right. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like he'd be the best like god to like go on a, a campaign. He'd be like, hey, you like that wine? Dionysus did that. <laughs> Just like look at the camera with the little finger gun. Oh, Dionysus. You love Dionysus. I do. I, I'm going to one day get a tattoo, but my mom really doesn't want me to do it. So I have to wait. So our Arab traders here are working with the traders from the east and they are working along the Silk Roads and they start to never tell anyone where they're getting this stuff from. Oh, you know, wow. they're like, Hey, we're not gonna, we're not gonna, you know, we got this. You buy it from us. We sell it to you. Venetian traders in Italy, in Venice, were like, Hey, we got you. You give it to us. We're going to do a little tit for tat monopoly. All of Europe in the later ages, uh, getting everything through Venice. So they had like this hardcore relationship the Arab traders never told anyone where they got it from. They just went over east and came back with this magical stuff. Wow. But the thing is, they would get it probably from a very far away place called China. Mm. In China, they have what is called the cassia, which is cinnamomum cassia. Can I ask a, a timeline question Oh, here? yes, you may. We've been jumping around. We've talked about silk a yes. lot. Yeah. At least, at least in our silk episode. Uh, also, uh, also imported along this trade route from yeah. China. Uh-huh. Is this around the same time? Like, would would yeah. silk and cinnamon sort of be like the two heavy hitters in the trade? For sure, yeah. Okay. And in all the other spices, you know, like sure. nutmeg was probably involved in this. Oh as yes, well, yeah. Because it would be traded throughout <clears throat> the east, and then it would find its way into these caravans meeting in the middle right. through India, the Arab traders. You know, traders coming east from. Uh, from Asia, a lot of Chinese traders. So they would all kind of get together and make all that happen. So there's just this big transfer of goods and interesting things. So anything you would imagine as this like exotic spice or like thing that's coming from the wild Orient. Right. It was on these trade routes. Casey is putting that in air quotes. Yes, exactly. Or like, it's, it's we're what they using would have it contextually. It yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. I, so anything that's going between, Either side of this of this little world yeah. has to go through these Arab traders in the middle. Exactly. So like they got the best shit. They got the best. Yeah. They got everything. They I crushed guess. it. And this is kind of before they really developed the sea routes uh, way back when. Mm. It, they still happened um, because a lot of pe- people would go from India and Sri Lanka and they would trade it down south um, to like Somalia or like East Africa. Sure. And then that would move up. And so the Egyptians would work with it. Oh. But the thing is. It seems like such a roundabout way to get it to Egypt. It is. And I don't really know why they would do that. I don't know how low it would go on on the African coast, but probably to like Ethiopia or something like that. As we uh, historians, we being whoever did this actual research, they were like, in actuality, it's probably very unlikely that what we call today cinnamomum verum, true cinnamon, actually came and got its way into the trade to which the Egyptians would be the purchasers, or then following the Egyptians, the Romans, or following the Romans, all the medieval people in Europe. All of those really like fancy things. And I should address one question earlier. Cinnamon was so uh, well-loved and so fashionable mm-hmm. because it was so expensive. 
It was well-loved because it was expensive. Exactly. And it was expensive because it was rare, I yeah. guess? Yeah, you had to trade it from the first person who harvested it in China, mm-hmm. let's say. Then they move that to the next trader, and they say, great, took me this long, five bucks. That trader's like, great. Goes to the next person, says, yeah, I got this, 10 bucks. Go to the next person, the next person's like, okay, cool, I got this for 10 bucks, I'll give it to you for 15. Sure. So there's the middle person, middle person, middleman, 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 all the way until you get to Paris. And they're like, yes, a pound of this will be 50 denarii. <laughs> and the whole thing becomes like, you know, this massively expensive, very fashionable, high class thing. Gotcha. It was so valuable that A, you could trade like ivory or gold for it. Or you could just give it to a king as a gift. You could give it to a an altar for a god, and it was acceptable. It was like giving money. It was exactly like that, yeah. Wow. <clears throat> Worth its weight in gold. Literally, yeah. And it is, like, mind-blowingly, like, light. <laughs> you just have a bunch of powder. And you're like, yeah, that's going to be, you know, yeah. For this much powder, 10 gold. Don't leave it whatever. on a table on a windy day. You don't do it. Yeah, yeah. That's, you're a fool to do that. Keep it in a drawer or something. Yeah. So, so it's just like anything else. I mean, silk, like we said earlier, it's mm. the same thing. Like to get silk in Europe in the time of Nero would be like, what? Right. That's crazy. Nutmeg, same thing. I guess you also, you also have to consider the um, processing that goes into, yeah. you can't just like, chop down a tree and send it away and that's yeah. that's worth it right you have to like there's a whole surgical thing happening on the front end yeah and so <clears> as <throat> you're doing that surgery you're it's it's really not hard it's a fast growing tree mm. grows all over the place and alex on top of that it is easy for you because you live where they grow literally wild all around. Yeah. If you cut a branch off, then it's going to sprout and it'll come back. Hmm. So you don't necessarily even need to cut down the entire tree. Or if you do cut down the tree and then it sprouts back and then you cut off those sprouts and now you're basically coppicing it to produce more and more and more and more. Hmm. Pretty clever idea. (laughs) So, Ancient history. Yeah, that's like Pandora's box. You just like keep. You oh no, like a Hydra. You mean? Uh, yeah, but also Pandora's box. Okay, I thought if you open Pandora's box, it like unleashes things you can't put. Well, back in. there's the there's the actual myth of Pandora's box, and oh. then there's how we use it to yes. say. Oh, I see. If you if you put something in, you open it back up, and there's two of them, right? Oh no, I didn't know that. Isn't that Pandora's box? Uh, no, that's a that I I don't think so. Pandora's box. I always thought is like. You unleash something that may, like, a bunch of cascading things that can never yes. be put back in the box. Yeah, I know that part. Oh, yeah, I haven't heard this other part. That you're but I've also about. heard of Pandora's box being where you put something in huh. and then you open it back up later and there's multiple of them. If if we can get, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, QI. Who am I thinking of? Stephen Fry. Stephen Fry. He yeah, never he, replied to our letter, damn it. He never damn replied it. to us. This is another shout out. Stephen, get back to us, baby. We need to know the answers to these questions. We know you're listening. No, he did. I mean, obviously, everyone probably like this show, Casey. I think he would. He might be a little bit disenfranchised or uh, disappointed, rather, mm. with our lack of very specific knowledge. Usually, potentially, uh, be like he wants to get it right. He's pretty cheeky, though. He is. He's a cheeky guy. I like him a lot. So, Stephen, come on. Come we on. love Stephen Fry. Okay, Alex. The happy part of our story is over. Oh, is it time for a review? No, this isn't time for a review. Okay, because this is going to affect the review. So Cassia, you can go to the store right now. You can buy Cassia, which is essentially uh, a not 
cinnamon, cinnamon, because it is cinnamon. Does that make sense? Well, obviously no. Okay. Cassia is Cinnamomum Cassia. It's from China. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Whereas Cinnamomum Verum yeah. is from Sri Lanka. It's like uh, it's like champagne is from the Champagne region uh-huh. of France. Yeah, everything else is just sparkling wine. Exactly. Okay, so Cassia is the sparkling wine of the cinnamon world. Now, Alex, that's what I'm about to say. No. Oh, you're making a case for the opposite. Here's here here we go. You I'm, ready? I'm ready. You remember when we talked about Monopoly Dutch Edition? Yes. One of my favorite episode titles. Great, great episode title. <laughs> a classic. <laughs> uh, so for those of you who may not recall, that was when we discussed the nutmeg. Yeah. And how nutmeg was forever being this like really hidden thing on the Spice Islands. And then the Dutch were like, we're going to go find those islands. Yeah. They either killed or enslaved everyone on those islands, made these big plantations, and created a monopoly where they were the only ones to supply nutmeg to the rest of the world. That's right. Today's episode is Monopoly Portuguese Edition. Wow. So remember how we went through this small little history of it being this ancient thing that was used from everything to preservation of the dead, to spices, to medicines in the ancient world, in every part of Southeast Asia, India, Africa, in Europe. It was all this very fancy stuff. Okay. As it became more of a fashionable thing to have a lot of cinnamon in some foods or to have it as a, um, I think what the Decemberists have a reference where like, uh, they're going to eat cinnamon and that's like them saying we're going to be wealthy and, and happy. I can't remember the song, but it's in, uh, the crane wife. Cool. So, um, as cinnamon became wildly expensive and everyone's like, I gotta get my hands on this. And those Arab traders are like, nah, we sell to the Venetians and the Venetians are like, yeah, we're going to sell to you, uh, and we're never going to tell you where we get it. The Portuguese decided to find out for themselves. Mm. So they just decided to do this nice little go underneath Africa, and they went up into what is the Indian Ocean, started just looking around. They ended up stumbling upon this tiny little island called Sri Lanka. They named it Ceylon. And in doing the work on trying to figure out where, you know, all these things are, they uh, discovered this grove, this this entire section of the world that was just chock full of cinnamon trees. Mm, and they were like, that? oh my God, we found cinnamon. We found it. They're like finding El Dorado. <laughs> it's ex- oh my God. Yeah, this is exactly the same thing. So what did they do? Well, because the Dutch aren't that interesting because this happened way before. They're not very cre- clever and creative. The Portuguese did it first. They killed wow. and enslaved everybody on Sri oh, Lanka. Oh, Portugal. It's horrible. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. the Portuguese. Yeah, they, they, are, they are just as bad of an apple as all the rest of us. Yeah. So... They ended up... <laughs> I'm not taking that out of context. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't. Yeah. This is strictly in the context of colonialization. Yes. So Where it, there are no good apples. <laughs> there are no good apples. Thank you, Alex. So um, they <clears throat> ended up finding this and then created their own monopoly on this spice that comes from Sri Lanka. Mm. Now, Sri Lanka surely was doing some amount of trading, but do you know exactly where Sri Lanka is? Um... I know that it's in Southeast Asia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a small island nation 
off the uh, the south eastern tip of India. Okay. It's close enough to India that you could probably have traders kind of going back and forth mm-hmm. to India, but it was very likely not the main source on the Silk Road because there is a city in China that literally is named the Cinnamon Forest. That's the name of the of the city. So Sri Lanka as it's translated. Minor player potentially in in the trade business yeah pretty pretty much it's not uh it it was a minor player it it probably certainly had some some things going on Mm -hmm. but it was never noted historically as like the place until the portuguese again quote discovered it right they then made it into a monopoly and they started selling it and blew the market up Mm. all of a sudden the portuguese were the ones in complete control of all this new stuff. You move forward a little bit, and then, you know, the the classic monopoly colonialism happens where you get the Portuguese got it, then the Dutch are like, actually, we want it, and the Dutch come in, they kill everyone, they do the whole same thing again, and finally... Lo and behold, it ends up, they, they name this place Salon. They then go over and get demolished by the English. The English then take over, I think, in like the 1700s or something, because mm-hmm. the English also colonized essentially all of India and Pakistan as well. So they had this little empire right over here, and they were like, boom, we got this. But by that point, someone had smuggled it out here and there, and they started planting it everywhere else. Mm-hmm. And then along comes people who are selling this and you realize wait a second hold on what what are you calling this and they're saying oh this is the true cinnamon this is this is like the, this is like the cinnamon whatever you're getting where's that this um. is the cinnamon now credit to the plant it does have apparently a bit of a stronger aroma and a bit more intense of a of a flavor so it's a little bit it hits you a little bit harder okay However, this is salon we're talking about. This is, yeah, this is our species, okay. which is the salon cinnamon tree, cinnamon verum. As opposed to... Cinnamon cassia and a couple right. of other species that kind of grow over there. But cassia is kind of the really big one. You can still get it today. So essentially, I, I, I can't confirm this, Alex. I see where you're going. But I'm pretty positive that the, quote, true cinnamon, mm-hmm. as we call it right now is really just the next best product that the Portuguese and other colonists ended up snatching up and saying, this is it, selling it to Europe, selling it all over the place. And they say, well, okay, finally, the whole market breaks down and now it's kind of everywhere. And someone says, well, this is all cinnamon. Where's all this stuff coming from? And someone's like, oh, the true cinnamon, that comes from Sri Lanka. That is the OG first of its kind. That's cinnamon, baby. That's where it comes from. Wow. When really, you look back in the all of history, uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh. I've never seen you wag your fingers so fervently. So much I hit my hat off, which knocked my (laughs) headphones back. Yeah, so the true cinnamon, it's in the scientific name. Cinnamomum verum is very likely a minor player against the actual true king of the north. Rather, maybe true king of the east. Yeah. Uh, Cinnamomum cassia. And then a few other kind of nominal species that aren't quite as as intense. You know what that is? You know what the varum is, really? Yeah. It's overcompensation. Oh, I'm sure it is. It's I, like, I, look, it's in my name. Yeah. Varum. That means I'm the real, I'm I'm the real cinnamon. Real thing. Yeah, come on. It's like yeah. you can, everyone can make up their own name, dude. Okay, we get it. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I also see it as a clever marketing trick. 
where okay, sure. they, they find it and they're like, no, 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 this, right. I got this. What are you getting from that guy? Oh, the Venetians Pfft, swill this cinnamon, good cinnamon. This is the best. And then it just so happens. Yeah, it does have a little bit more. It hits you a little harder. Sure. So it's like, okay, it, it has got the, a little bit more intense, but true. No, maybe call it more intense cinnamon mm-hmm. as opposed to the true cinnamon, which is a little bit more mellow. You know what I mean? Interesting. So I, I don't know where, I don't know where I land on this, but I kept looking through here and reading, Oh, the true cinnamon is from here. And then they're like, but this other cinnamon is the cinnamon that's been used for millennia across yeah. the entire world. So I'm like, well, I don't know if I believe this anymore. I am torn too, Casey, yeah, but so. I think the best thing to do to squash this cinnamon flavored, super spiced beef. Yeah. It's rotten beef. <laughs> they didn't put enough cinnamon around it. <laughs> it's to give a review. Okay. This is an interesting move. I never. Cinnamomum varum. I didn't think you were going to go there. It's the first time we've done this. Give a review. Give a review. That's going to squash a beef. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Here's how it works. This is like a rap battle. Like vote for who you want to win. You know? Oh yeah. Here's how it works. We're going to give a few final parting words to the cinnamon this kind of this kind of backhanded tail i don't know I don't, it is yeah i don't feel great about it i know i'm sorry i think give it a rating of zero to ten golden cones of honor hey should we do should we do golden poems again yeah i suppose we should poem. our, in our in our plant based month yeah exactly part two. now a poem is the fruit that usually is produced by something like an apple or a pear or a, a hawthorn right that's right casey huh very good i see you've been studying <laughs> as our resident Arab trader. <laughs> <Begin with you. laughs> okay. All right. All right, Alex. I got the best shit. Okay. So I, I love, uh, I love cinnamon. I, I usually actually, okay, I shouldn't say usually, but for a while there, I was putting it in just about everything, Yeah. But like just a dash so that when you eat it, you're like, what is that? Mm. Is that cinnamon? Just enough to make a difference. Just enough. One decibel's worth. And it's so, it's just, it's so good. And I I think it's the most underutilized in like, especially Western cooking, yeah. because it has got like pigeonholed into you are just a, a good thing to have for delicious, sweet stuff. It's a cinnamon, cinnamon roll is almost, synony- cinnamon is almost synonymous in Western cooking yeah. with cinnamon roll. I used to put it on like a toast bread, put butter on it and then put put uh, cinnamon on top of it. Cinnamon sugar. Always with sugar, exactly. However, I started learning that if you expand your horizons and eat other kinds of cuisine, Mm -hmm. then cinnamon is like in there all the time. And it creates these like wild flavors that like really just took me into a whole new world. I was like, this is completely different than what I expected. And it's delicious. It's almost like, it's almost like, uh, it's almost like Indian umami. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just adds like a richness that you can't really put your finger on. You just can't really do it. doesn't really taste like cinnamon, but it like, it's like adding salt to a dish. It just yeah. like accentuates everything. And it's that is exactly what Kathy Gunst said is that it is a flavor, uh, uh, expander flavor booster. Yes. It doesn't take the front seat. It That's just right. pushes forward whatever is in the front seat. That's right. Uh, thank you, Kathy. Reach out to us. We want to, we want to get you on the episode. Oh my God. Be amazing. I'm going to give the cinnamon tree. Yeah. I, I normally don't do this. I've never seen one in real life. I've seen things that look very close to them. <laughs> I have seen other species in Cinnamomum, 
and I love the beauty of the tree. I like that the flower itself is so funny in its contrast, mm-hmm. you know, where a flower is like, oh, you, you, this whole tree is beautiful. Oh, my God. And like, oh, oh, the bark is this delicious thing. Oh, I wonder what the, oh, it smells like poop. Yeah. I love that the flower is kind of like the most beautiful outright yet it's the stinkiest, yet the thing that is the best, you have to kind of like dig and like get under the bark to actually find it. It's pretty funny. I kind of like that irony. I kind of like, I, I, I want to give the tree the credit where they just kind of like flip the script on that. Mm. And they're like, ooh, I'm, I'm actually going to hide this away. I'm going to make you guys find it, you little right. dumb ants. <laughs> So I, I think this tree has got a little bit of a, a little bit of a thing going on with mm-hmm. it. Like it's, it's kind of, it, it's, it's kind of a tree that you, you don't really take too seriously. You don't really do something that it says something and you kind of look over and you're like, that was brilliantly hilarious. What, when did, who are you? That's like when you find out crows are actually really smart. Exactly. Because they like play a joke on you and then they're just up there cackling and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. They are. All right. Like you kind of look at them and give a touche kind of thing Mm. and then you eat a delicious dish. Anyway, 8.9 is what I'm going to give 8.9 is very good. But I, I see think it's you, great. I see what you're doing, though. You're not cracking into that 9.0. You know what? I had the, To get to that 9.0, you got to grow more than 50 feet tall. You know? Like, oh, I see. I think you just, I think you just need a little... I mean, or at least you got to make it up. For, I mean, it's utility bark. Come on. How, utility bark, Alex. Fair enough. 8.9 golden Sorry. poems of you honor. 8.8 for questioning me. Oh my God. No more. 8.8. Be careful, Alex. (laughs) And hold your score hostage. 8.8 golden poems of honor. (laughs) Alex is over here being like, how did that work? Why, why, why do I feel like I had to move on from that? <laughs> For the cinnamon tree from Casey clap. All right, Alex, as our resident Venetian merchant. Mm, Thank you. What do you think about this delicious Spice that I'm going to sell you for 25 denarii. That's a deal. Well, I think I'm going to sell it for 50. So yeah, you better just make sure for me. Yeah, sell it to the Romans. The cinnamon tree, cinnamon yeah. in general. I like cinnamon. I like it in savory dishes. Mm-hmm. I like it here and there in sweet dishes. Mm-hmm. I won't say no to a cinnamon roll, but it's not my favorite flavor when paired with sweetness. What about ice cream? Cinnamon ice cream? Yeah. No. Okay. I don't think so. That's fine. I don't think so, Tim. Uh, however, like put it in like a curry. Ah, yeah. I'm yeah. big time down. Isn't it in garam masala? Probably, yeah. I think it is. Um, I think it is a fine tree. I don't know. A tree like this is hard. It's like when we talked about the peach tree. Mm-hmm. I don't really give a shit about the leaves and the bark. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I care about the, the fruit. Ah, but the leaves are so gorgeous. That's that's fine. I think they're okay. Yeah. And I think the berry or the, the fruit is okay. But I just don't even, I don't even care. Huh. I really just care about the thing that we call the tree, the cinnamon itself, Ah, you know? Yes. If a tree gives back so much that like, it's like, like the mango tree. Like I don't like, I think it's fine to say, uh, the rest of the tree is fine. Yeah. Oh, I see. The the thing we take from it. Ah, yeah. Maybe that's very human centric of me. I think that is, but honestly, it comes your own. That's fair. Also, I'm a human. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's okay. 
Yeah. As a human, I also like to look at the leaves and that, the fruit, which I think is very beautiful. Also totally okay. But I, your point is very well taken. Thank you. And your poems are your own. Yes. I'm in the I'm in the eight range as well. And I think I'm like an 8.2. 8.2. That feels right to me. Yeah. I think that's good. It's just like such a, it's a stunningly powerful plant. It is. That's a good way to describe it, Alex. Yeah. It's an all-timer. It's an all-timer. Yeah. Then, yesterday, now. Cinnamon. cinnamon. <laughs> that was our review of the cinnamon. Oh, so many people are just got to be so upset with us. It's time for a completely arbitrary Q&A, Casey. Oh, boy. What do we got today, Alex? This week's question is from Evan Gallant from the Patreon. Hey, Evan. Evan says, I have a tree question for you. Oh, good. I studied sustainable food systems in school and have gotten really into permaculture recently specifically i've been curious about the potential for trees to be a significant source of protein in our diets trees are an important part of farming in a way that replicates natural ecosystems but it seems as though the focus is on fruit trees fair while this is important i feel like trees could also be utilized as as a semi-permanent high yielding protein source i'm assuming casey uh via acorns yeah, that sounds that that's that feels that feels right. In fact, I think obviously nuts and seeds meet this yeah, criteria, says so Evan. Yeah. But I was wondering if there are any leguminous trees that yes. are edible, or could be bred to be edible, but that y'all can think of. Here's a picture of a tree that got me thinking about this. When I follow this link, we get something that is almost certainly in the pea family, the northern catalpa. Certainly not in the pea family. Well, it does look like it has a pea. It does. Actually, it's very common uh, for the catalpas to be considered that. In fact, we call them the pea pod tree sometimes or the, you, the, you know something like that. Uh, but yeah, the, the, that is actually uh, the biggest difference is they have these long pod-like fruits, but the catalpa, they're filled with these little mustache-shaped seeds with these like very fine wings coming off mm-hmm. as opposed to a pea where it has individual seeds that are like bop 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 down like a, a pea pod that you'd normally expect so can we eat the peas from pea family pods you know that was something that i thought was very curious i couldn't find anything that was so specific in that like if you grow a uh, an umbrella thorn can you eat the seeds from that umbrella thorn it's probably accurately or it's probably a yes the question is, do they taste good? Do right. they have a lot of things in them? I, when doing all the research for all these other trees, those never really came up as like a big, big time food source. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's because they're not eaten or because they are eaten from, or they're just not preferred. You know, it's like, yeah, if we need to and we're starving, we can pick the pods and we can cook those things. They're not very palatable. They have a lot of uh, fiber, which is essentially just plant parts that we can't digest. So we don't really do it. Um, I also looked up some leguminous, uh, I mainly just kind of Googled and read through some things. There's not a lot that are used in food systems for the food they produce up high. They are used in food systems in permaculture and agroforestry because things in the pea family specifically will always have some nitrogen fixing bacteria in their roots. So they will be adding nitrogen to the soil, which makes it better for other plants growing around them. 
So that is really their their big use in permaculture kind of projects or um, in, like I said, agroforestry, which mm-hmm. is essentially having widely spaced trees that are producing some either commodity or food. And then in between them are other plants that are working as kind of an ecosystem. So you're growing crops in between rows of trees that are also producing crops or that you can grow for timber or something else like that. Sure. So in, in the case of this, um, a, the catalpa, you know, it, it's a good place to start, but we can't eat that at all. It's not edible, uh, by any means. So that is, uh, a tree or the, a, a leguminous tree rather is, is good for what it puts in the ground. But I don't know of many that produce a whole lot of edible things. I think the Kentucky coffee tree, we have, uh, used those beans and ground them up as a coffee substitute mm. historically. But um, generally, anything that is in the pea family that we eat are, are way smaller. Peas, for a good example, uh, they grow as like small shrubs or vines. They don't actually grow into large trees. Most of the large trees, we don't really eat that much. I see. So you're saying in terms of trees, it's tough because yeah. pea family stuff that's like green beans. Yeah. Though that's in the pea family. Correct. Which we do eat, yeah, but it's not a big ass woody tree. Exactly, okay. yeah. Um, but the fun thing is, um, speaking for protein and uh, kind of stuff that would be giving us something that you would normally get maybe from an animal that you have to now get from a plant. Peas, beans specifically, are huge sources of proteins. It's one of the big things if you are a vegetarian or a vegan, you would eat a lot of beans or a lot of certain grains that are bean-like because they have a lot of protein in them. As opposed to... Anything else that's like a seed or something like that. Really, I don't think that's necessarily opposed, but generally speaking, if you are trying to get your protein, you would get it from the plant part that is producing the protein, which is always going to be in the seed or in the fruit. The reason for that being that the proteins and the lipids and things that are good for us that we'd eat a walnut for, for example, and all those oils are also really good food sources for the individual seedling that would pop up from that seed. So when you're looking at an acorn, for example, the meat of the acorn is the lunch that is packed next to the germ. When that germ germinates and becomes a tiny little seedling popping out of a little acorn, it's using the energy of the acorn meat itself. Mm -hmm. Now, if we just take that acorn and we eat it, then we're now taking that energy for ourselves. So the proteins and the lipids and all those really good fats are always going to be in those seeds because they're the lunches packed for the next generation. You're not going to generally find it in leaves most of the time. Some leaves, sure, but not a lot. In the inner bark, like for our cinnamon tree, you're generally not going to find it because the inner bark is such a thin layer of stuff that's usually not very good. You can only really scrape the inner bark and get that kind of jelly kind of stuff we talked about before it really lignifies. But that would be in, you know, early spring when it's actually like growing. It's not so hard. It hasn't really turned to wood yet. That new like layer of essentially primordial cells that are just getting built and set. Mm -hmm. So, um, in that regard, kind of wrap it up. Uh, I think the best place to look for protein is always going to be in the fruits of a plant. 
And in order to plant and do permaculture, you'd want to have trees that are growing that will produce a lot of fruit that would be the nuts and the seeds kind of the fruit. Right. Not You're not necessarily talking about culinary fruits. Yes, exactly. This is the acorns and uh, seeds walnuts, anything that you would go to the store and see like, um, let's get like a a trail mix kind of thing. Mm -hmm. All those are nuts and seeds in a strict sense. And M&Ms. Exactly. And, oh God, I... Yeah, you're right. I should put M and M's in your trail mix. I, I don't often actually, mm. but I I have lots of times because it's such I've a delight it. to like get this little piece of chocolate while you're eating all these things. Oh yeah, and chocolate from the fruit is high in protein, so there it's actually you go. a very very good choice. It's very healthy. M&Ms. Yes. M and M's. Go to your health food section of your store. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think, um, unfortunately, um, and and I know there are thousands of thousands of species in the legume family, which is the pea family, which is uh, Fabaceae um, across the world. So I, I, it could be that I just don't know what individual tree we actually eat sure. that produces these things. But there are certainly some people around the world who are doing this and have eaten these for generations upon generations. But as far as um, trees that I'm familiar with, you'd be better off planting the leguminous trees to get the nitrogen to help out your other crops and then plant other trees that produce pecans or something like that. Right. So that you can get this nice, big, intense, seasonal um addition of protein into your diet without having to eat something that's unpalatable or just doesn't really give you everything that you need. There you have it. That's what I'd say. Good answer, Case. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a very good question. Yeah, thank you for your question, Evan. If you have a question for us about trees or other related topics, join the Patreon at the Q&A. That's Quercus and Alder level, $3 a month. You can post your questions there. We may use it on the show, but we'll definitely answer it in a question and answer patron exclusive episode oh yeah (laughs) god i had to work for every word in that sentence (laughs) or you can join the arboretum for five bucks a month and get two bonus episodes a month about trees and other related topics or the coveted cone of the month club and get a unique die cut cone sticker sent to you every month with a little info card december's cone is the american you by leanne Mm, flug it's so beautiful go check it out on our instagram and if you join in the month of december at patreon.com slash arbitrary pod you get that cone next month sent to you in your actual physical mailbox that is right and if you want more you can sign up for the next level arbitrary plus we're going to be doing uh Again, like we do every month, two individual little sessions where uh, Alex will be streaming some cool game that has something to do with uh, botany in some regard. It's really fun and interactive and is usually the games, as far as I can tell, pretty cheap games. You're just like downloading them real fast and you can just get going. That's right. These are these are just like indie games on Steam. Yeah, which is so much fun. I love that that exists. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, we also are going to do another Arbitrary Plus live stream where we're going to talk about something. Either that's going to be us uh, sitting down and doing a, uh, a live show with you where we do a quick little uh, review of something that we just couldn't do on the show. We also talk about whatever's going on in the in the world. Maybe we're going to review some some new uh, new news that's come out, things like that. I, I so. think the biggest value in Arbitrary Plus tier is that you can uh is the novelty of seeing you and i speaking with our mouths Uh, our faces move as we (laughs) speak which a lot of people don't get to see when when they're listening to the podcast yeah we keep that well hidden you can also join generous admission which is our highest tier 
It's at the very, very top. You can look down on everybody else, okay? That's right. Look down. <laughs> we'll give you a card that you can send to anyone you like to say, I'm better than you. <laughs> it's $20 a month, and it's just for those people who want to give a little bit extra and uh, help the pod make some bigger moves, and we're just so appreciative of not only our patrons, but anybody who listens to the show, because even listening is good support. Dang straight it is. Casey Clapp, we made it. I, I, my throat is about to fall out of my head. <laughs> oh, God. So I think we should end the episode. Yeah, I think we should, mostly because I don't know how your throat got into your head. It's, it's, in it's, it's actually supposed to be a completely different part of your body. Well, maybe that's the problem. You guys, we got to go. This was a lot of fun. Alex <laughs> needs to go to the hospital. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Completely Arbitrary. We'll see you next time for more Seasons Eatings. Excuse me. That's Treason's Eatings. This show, I don't even know about it. Bye. Later. Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp. Our artwork is by Jillian Barthold, and our music is by Aves and the Mini Vandals. And you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash arbitrarypod. And find additional readings at completelyarbitrary.com. Thanks for listening. 